Next, the golden days of radio. This is Frank Brissy inviting you to join me for the golden days of radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past with the world's most famous personalities. On this program, we are presenting Bing Crosby, Frank Sinatra, a few minutes with Archie from Duffy's Tavern, and our in-person guest, big band vocalist, Lena Romai. Saludos, amigos. This is Jimmy Wallington, bidding you welcome to the Lena Romay Show. Luna que se quiebra bajo las tinieblas de mi soledad. ¿A dónde vas? Dime si esta noche tú te vas de ronda como ella se fue. Con quién estás? That's her, fellas. That brown-haired beauty from the movies, Lena Romay. Lena takes a quarter hour off from her recording dates, her motion picture assignments, and TV work to bring you the songs you've been waiting for. She's known around the world for her wonderful song stylings. So let's say hi to Lena Romay. Hi, Jimmy, and hi everybody. Gee, it's wonderful to be back again. And we've got a program just packed full of the songs you've been asking to hear. For instance, the first one's going straight to Private Bob Utecht. I believe that's correct. Of 8th Army Headquarters. Bob wants a tune which Bing Crosby did in a movie, and a great one, too. I'll see see ya in Bahia. Okay, boys, what do you say? <laughs> Fall for other gals, and I'm the one who put him wise to 
Our guest on this edition of the Golden Days of Radio is one of the great singers of all time. I'm happy to have her as my guest. Lena Romai, welcome to the Golden Days of Radio. Well, thank you, Frank. You were on radio and in the movies both. You had the best of both careers, didn't you? Oh, I did. I started in radio. Right. Loved it very much. Had a wonderful year in... I guess it was in Detroit at the time because that's where my father was stationed. He was a diplomat with the Mexican government. He was a consul general. Uh-huh. And that's how I, my career started there. Totally an accident. And uh, who was, what was the first orchestra you were the with? The first, Xavier Cougat. And you were with Xavier Cougat for I was with years. him only two years at Is the Wall right? of Astoria, but we, we really did something special in uh-huh. those two years. And then Prior to him, I had done a couple of things in New York with um, Horace Height. He'd heard my songs, and he wanted me to do something different. And at the time, Yvette was a little girl with a French accent. Uh-huh. She was very popular. And he wanted me to do something in the same way. And I said, I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. He said, well, let's try it. And he had a song called, Ooh, What You Said, Got Me All Flustered, Faces Red. And so I I sang it, and I put in French, Ooh, What You Said, Got Me All Flustered, Faces Red. And he liked it, believe uh-huh. it or not. And he put a red dress on me with a gold belt and stood me up in front of the band at the Strand Theater. <laughs> that was Horace Height. And he, he called me Josette. Uh-huh. Josette Romay, that's what he called me. But I didn't like that at all. I wasn't happy. Well, we're going to play some excerpts from yeah. some of the shows. You did a song. Uh, now, I'm going to skip around. Okay. This goes to probably 1946 or 47 with John Scott Trotter and his oh, orchestra. He was wonderful. And this is a, a popular song of the time. I think uh, Margaret Whiting's father wrote it. Dick Whiting. Dick Whiting yeah. uh, wrote it, Might As Well Be Spring. And it was a beautiful a, song. But uh, It was on the hit uh-huh, parade. It was on the hit parade. And you sang it. And here and you I, are. I enjoyed that because I never got a chance to do those kind of songs. And uh-huh. Everyone wanted my Latin tunes, you see. Well, and that was the thrill. Lena Romai with John Scott Trotter and his orchestra singing It Might As Well Be Spring. 
the things I used to like, I don't like anymore. I want a lot of other things I'd never had before. It's just like Mommy said. I sit around and mope, pretending I am wonderful. As a willow in a windstorm I'm as jumpy as a puppet on a string I'd say that I have spring fever But I know it isn't spring I'm starry-eyed and faintly discontented Like a nightingale When it isn't even spring I keep wishing I were somewhere else Walking down a strange new street Hearing words that I have never heard From a man I've as busy as a spider spinning daydreams. I'm as giddy as a baby on a swing. I haven't seen a crocus or a rosebud or a What a surprise. Come on in. Jake's got his retirement plan spread out on the kitchen table, but we can have coffee here in the living room. I may get interrupted. As Jake says, it's your plan, too. He wants what he calls my input. You know, as a first sergeant, Jake's always been so organized. So it's no wonder he's so organized in handling our retirement plan, too. Just think, Kathy. In just a matter of months, we're going back to the States to start a new life. Jake's got it all figured out. The kind of job he wants, how he's going to get that job, how much we'll make, what our military benefits will be. Right now, he's working on our survivor benefit plan. Says he'll want my input on that this morning. When Ken's retirement is coming up, be sure to remind him that planning well in advance sure helps. Jake and I talk about it a lot, and we both feel good about what's going to happen. Oh, I forgot our coffee. I'll get it. Coming through, Jake. Plan ahead for your military retirement. 
John Scott Trotter was was a great orchestra leader and uh, mm. a fine musician. He worked with Bing for a long time, mm -hmm. didn't he? Yes, he was with Bing he, for he a was long on time. The All the time that I was with Bing, for the 26 weeks that I was with Bing, Bing chose me. They had a contest. All the girl singers were in the contest. Uh -huh. And that included Helen O'Connell, Kay Starr, Rosie Clooney, all of them. And I had no idea. I never thought I'd be picked because my music was not jazz. It was mostly Latin tunes. Right. But there was something that Bing liked. He wanted something different. And by golly, I, I got the job. <laughs> well, you began with Bing in, what, 1946? That's right, exactly. Well, strangely enough, I've got an excerpt from the very first Bing Crosby show in 1946. As a matter of fact, I believe this was the first show that was ever recorded for network broadcasts. They exactly. were, up to this time, they were all live. All live, and that's what he wanted to get away from. Crosby had, as his guest, Bob Hope, and uh, and you as a as a regular on the show, uh -huh. and this excerpt is from October 16th, 1946. Hope had just been on. Crosby makes a remark and then introduces our guest Lena Ramai singing "Love on a Greyhound Bus," which was a big song at MGM at that time. And, and, they, and they that's wanted what, to play it up. <laughs> that's what Bing says. <laughs> now that old Pepsodent Fangs has left, I guess it's safe to bring out the lady. Here's lovely Lena Romay singing Love on a Greyhound Bus from No Leave, No Love, Van Johnson's new opus. Go ahead and sing, Lena, and I'll show the problem child at the door. Bought a ticket the other night. The Union Station was lit up bright. The crowd was shoving with all its might, but we all settled down for a trip on a Greyhound bus. That's us, heading west on a Greyhound bus. The Howland Tunnel was open wide. We rode along underneath the tide and found ourselves on the Jersey side. What a glorious time for a trip on a Greyhound bus. No fuss, heading west on a Greyhound bus. Stop for hot dogs and soda pop. Ask the driver how long till we make another stop. The sun disappeared from view. The stars came out like they always do. Then I cuddled up close to you and we both fell in love on a trip on a Greyhound bus. That's us in love on a Greyhound bus. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania On to Wheeling, West Virginia Then to Columbus, Ohio And Indianapolis, Indiana Then we had a slight delay When the driver mistook Illinois Fry away A Texas storm made us hesitate A bridge washed out and we had to wait But we'd be happy in any state trip on a greyhound bus that's us in love on a greyhound bus thank you Lena. tune in to Coco Radio Time next week and here Bing Crosby John Scott Trotter his orchestra and chorus the charioteers Lena Romaya Skitch Henderson and Bing's guests Spike Jones and his city slickers
Lena Romai singing Love on a Greyhound Bus. I guess if uh, Crosby uh, was uh, had you as a guest, Sinatra wasn't far behind, was he? No, he wasn't. You did some of uh, the Sinatra shows. I did about three, maybe four. Uh-huh. And that was fun. Frank was so different, you know. You know the kind of guy Frank was. So well, Crosby was just easygoing, wasn't oh, he? Oh, just was, lay back. I loved Fra uh, Bing. Uh, Bing was so wonderful to be with. I just enjoyed him so and, much. And how was Frank Sinatra different than Bing? He was... Well, he was different. He really was different. He wasn't as easygoing. Mm-hmm. Not as easygoing as... Uh, Do you think he Bing. was more of a perfectionist? Uh, no. He was I don't get that feeling about Frank. But I he think did. Bing was, but nobody knew that. Uh-huh. Bing was wonderful. He knew exactly what he wanted. Do you think it came easier for Sinatra? The, the singing yes. and the style? Yes, because he did have a style. His phrasing, as you know, was renowned. Well, it's impeccable, and, and is to this day. I mean, he just, even if he doesn't have a voice anymore, he can phrase his songs, and people love it. They just adore him. Uh-huh. Well, you know, last year he did an album uh, of Frank Sinatra and duets, uh -huh. and it was the first CD that he's done in a lot of years. Now another CD has come out, and it's called Frank Sinatra and the Original Duets. And these are excerpts from some of the radio shows he did. Mm -hmm. And you're on this CD. And this is from a, a show that he did in uh, 46 called uh, uh, Songs by Sinatra. Exactly. And, and uh, Axel Stordahl was the conductor. Oh, was he? Oh, mm -hmm. I liked him so much. Uh -huh. What a terrific guy he was. Well, this is uh, Frank Sinatra oh. and Lena Ramai singing. Do you remember the song? Um, no Can Do. No Can Do, and I here, remember. <laughs> and here <laughs> it is. <laughs> say I no can do, no can do, no can do. I want for me to go with you, but no can do. You like me, I like you. I like for you to Romeo, your Julie, you. No can do, no, 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 no can do. My mommy and my poppy say I no can do. The moon, she say to me, come on, come out tonight. I want for you to hold my hand and hold me tight. Love, it can't be wrong, and so it must be right, but oh, no can do, no can do. I like to do it what you call it, peach de woo. No can do, my mommy and my poppy say I know. I'd like to put some weight on just a pound or two. No can do, no can do. If you put some weight on Frankie, you'd be through. Is it true? Is what true? That you're the idol of the Bobby Soxer crew. Could be true, could be true. But don't tell Hames or Como, cause they're apt to sue. Now I've got a question you might think unfair. Ask me anything, my dear, I don't care. Can do, no can do, 
Nancy's very jealous oh, for It seems like only yesterday you'd sit down at the table, I'd load your plate up with food and say, now mom wants to see you clean everything on that plate. My intentions were good. You were just a youngster and I wanted to make sure you grew up strong and healthy. Since then, I've learned that eating in moderation is a better idea. And apparently you've learned that too because the last photo you sent, all trim and fit in your uniform, makes a mother proud. Well, no question about it, you were with the best. Bing Crosby and, and uh, Frank Sinatra, and uh, you did all those Armed Forces shows, and then started with Xavier Cugat, signed a contract with MGM, and I've got a list of some of the films you did. Uh, as you mentioned, the, uh, the first one was uh, The Heat's On. With Mae West. With Mae West. Billy Gaxton and Victor Moore. Oh, I remember Victor Moore. What a cute little man he was. Uh-huh. Oh, I got so, I was very young and very impressed with this whole thing. Uh-huh. And they flew us out from New York City from the Waldorf Astoria just to do this one film. And in it, I sang a song called Antonio. Uh-huh. And I wore a tuxedo. How, how did that song I, go? Can you sing Antonio, a little bit? Antonio, Antonio. I don't remember the lyric. But anyway, and I danced and I had a cane and a top hat the tuxedo and it was a cute number it was just just a darling number uh-huh. and then we came back to do um the film with rita hayworth and fred astaire oh, well, you were gosh. never lovelier was you that were it? never lovelier uh-huh. that's the second time with kugat then i was signed by mga joe pasternak signed me uh-huh and brought me to Hollywood. But you did a lot of films with Cougat. You did, uh, what, Bathing well, Beauty? Well, I didn't with, do it with him, per se. But he was in he the film. He was in the film, and Bathing I Beauty sang with him. Bathing Beauty was with, with him. Uh, what, uh, uh, Red es- Skelton? Esther Williams. Esther Williams. Van Johnson. Uh-huh. Red Skelton. Right. That was my first co-starring type thing, and I was excited about that. And that was Esther's first starring role. And then one of the big films during the war was Stage Door Canteen. Oh, and they're still playing it. And they do play that that on American movie class. And I sing a song called Bombshell from Brooklyn. Uh Uh-huh. She's a bombshell from the Pampas. Oh, boy, I remember that song. It was a cute little song. (laughs) And there was uh, uh, Two Girls and a Sailor. Uh Uh-huh. Weekend at the Waldorf, which was one of the big MGM films when that came out. And the man that wrote it, Saucier, Ted Saucier, Mm -hmm. he wrote the book. And he was very much involved with the Waldorf Astoria. Oh, time. was he? Yeah, and that's why he wrote the book. Uh-huh. Then you did a lot of films without Cougat. I mean, in which Cougat well, did not appear. That was after, uh, I mean, after MGM. I was with them for six years. Well, the you first have... two years, Cougie was in the films that I was in as well. Uh-huh. Then I started doing things by myself. My first at... at I mean, the first dramatic role was Adventure with Clark Gable and Greg Arson. Now, that was MGM. Yeah. And then you did a, a Mickey Rooney, Andy Hardy film. I did film. three of those. Oh, did you? Yeah. The one I remember mostly was Love Laughs at Andy Hardy. It uh-huh. was a cute one. Uh-huh. And then, what I did? Oh, I did. Uh, Embraceable You? That was Warner Brothers. Oh, and uh, The Big Wheel? That was also, that was with, also uh, with Mickey Rooney. Rooney. That was yeah. a lot of fun. Lady Takes a Sailor? Uh-huh. That was MGM. And... Uh, 
Oh, golly. See, my career was not very long. As you know, I... Well, you I had went... a pretty good career. As a matter of fact, you can't say your career wasn't long because uh, you started in probably 1943. You were active in the 80s. Uh, on radio, you had uh, mm -hmm. five radio shows a day, maybe more. Six, yeah. seven radio shows a day, didn't you? I really you? jammed on a Gan lot X. of good stuff in there before I stopped. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, what I was referring to was the yeah. Hollywood Park uh, racetrack. Oh, that business. was something that came many years after. I, but that was part of your, that your career. That was, and that was an accident. I don't know where anybody got the idea that I could do sports casting with thoroughbred racing. Uh -huh. I don't know beans about horses, except to maybe occasionally get on one and fall off. But <laughs> but, but you you did it in, in uh, two languages, too, I did. Sp you? First started out with the Spanish. That's what they really wanted. Uh -huh. On a local station on in Los Angeles. On local stations and also in Barstow. I used to call up and say, oh, this is the bell of Barstow. I have your race results. Uh -huh. <laughs> it was funny. But anyway, I started, and I did so well, and they liked it so much, and my voice was so clear that they asked me would I take over the radio department. And they got rid of the young man that was with me. And which uh, this was on KNX in Los Angeles, yes. on a big station in Los Angeles. Yes. I started in 80, 1980. Right. And I finished in 1990. I was there 10 years. That's a pretty good career, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, and now I'm a member of the Sports Broadcasters Association. Are you? I'm a vice president. Now, you speak Spanish <laughs> fluently. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, and English fluently. Yes. Uh, with no trace of an... No. Where did you learn Spanish? When I was born. <laughs> oh, were you born in this country? I was born in New York City, believe it or not. I've never lied about that. I a told the truth. I was born in New York City, up off Riverside Drive in a private house. Uh -huh. My mother was Irish-Norwegian, half of each. Her father was born in Oslo, Norway. And my father was Spanish and French. Uh, you speak so French, too, then, I guess. I did when I was little. Uh -huh. I would not say I speak it now. I'm ashamed of it. It's not as good as it could be. And you're but involved with the Pacific Pioneer Broadcasters? Oh, that's Do you want to talk about that? that's a wonderful organization. I am so proud to be a member of that. Uh -huh. And I don't know if you know, Frank, but I've been doing Nostalgia Night, which is a very special evening, the first Thursday of each month, where I honor a special guest celebrity. And it's from from the radio uh, days. from radio days, uh -huh. and I've been doing it for 18 years, Good and it grief. keeps getting better and better and better. And I just, I'm really thrilled with this program. Uh -huh. It's terrific, and everyone likes it. We are having Harry Babbitt's coming up my next show. Uh huh. And then I have Ray Bradbury coming uh, up. Harry Babbitt was a singer with Kay Kaiser's Kay orchestra. Kay Kaiser. Uh huh. And then in the fall, I will have Ray Bradbury and Rosemary Clooney is going to be my guest in October. So I'm really excited. I have a wonderful program that I work with. That's great. Pacific Pioneer Broadcasters saluted all of the band singers, the girl singers from orchestras in, what, 1970, I that guess. That was my idea. That was your idea? Yes, and I was Bill so Baldwin, God Bill bless him. Bill was so happy with that. He right. was looking for something different. Uh -huh. And I said, let's do something around the girl singers. Well... It took me three months to get all the girls together. Now, can you name some of those gals? I can name them. Aileen Stanley was the very first one in uh -huh. 1919. She was the first band singer. Oh, is that right? Yes. With whose orchestra? I don't or, remember. Hmm. Uh, and Gogo Delis was another one, a right. cute little thing. And then we had Rosie Clooney. Right. We had K-Star. Frances Wayne, do you remember? Neil Hefty's wife? Sure. Frances, she was a beautiful girl. Um... Margaret Whiting. Uh-huh. 
Um, oh dear. Okay, K Saint Germain. K Saint Germain. Helen Greco. Helen Greco. Yes, Spike Jones. Spike Jones, right? Helen Greco, who's a beautiful girl. Paula Kelly, who was with the Modernaires. Modernaires, and I had about eighteen girls. And Ella Mae Morris. Ella Mae Morris. Sure. And it was a very exciting day. We had at least 800 people in the room. And I had told the girls, try to get your conductors, the band leaders, to come. Well, Coogie was in Las Vegas with Charo. (laughs) That was one of his many wives, right? right? I'm the only one who didn't marry him. You know that. I know that. (laughs) How many times was he married? Six times? Oh, at least. Maybe more. I don't know. All I know is that I was jailbait at the time. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing you could do. Anyway, what happened was I sent him a telegram. And I said, oh, Coogie, please come and be there for me because all the other people, Fred Waring's coming, and I just, I would like you to be there. Well, by golly, he had had a problem with his hip, and he came in with a cane, and he walked in. I was so excited. I said, oh, Coogie's here, and he didn't bring Charo. He brought the cane. That's why it was had a cane, I guess. I don't Anybody know. married to Charo would be in big I don't trouble, know, I think. Oh, she was darling. I yes, thought she, she was. was as cute as a button. Uh, during the war, you did a lot of the Armed Forces show. Oh, there was so shows. There many. was a mail call. Oh, so many, so many. I uh, I've got a clip from one of the mail call uh, shows. This features uh, Jinx uh, Valkenberg, Jinx Valkenberg, who was uh, the hostess that day. Uh-huh. from the United States of America. Stand by, Americans. Here's Mail Call. One big package of words and music and laughter delivered to you by the stars from whom you want to hear... In answer to the request you send to Armed Forces Radio, Los Angeles, USA. Tonight's mail call letter is especially addressed to all you servicemen and women in the Latin American area. And here to see that your letter comes right in on the beam is Mexico City's favorite daughter, one of the world's most famous cover girls, the lovely Miss Jinx Falkenberg. Thank you, Don. And hello to all you guys and gals from Cuba to Cape Horn. Hailing from Latin America myself, I know that the proper ingredients for a Latin American cocktail are a minimum of talk and a maximum of torrid tempo. Well, I've taken care of the minimum, so let's add some of that torrid tempo. And here is Miss Lena Ramay, the sparkling beauty from Mexico, dishing out a bit of rhythm in the style that's made her the top favorite among Latin American songbirds. Zatepa, tierra soñada, donde la vida es un primor. Allí me espera mi chapeteada, la única dueña de mi amor. Y es tan bonita mi chaparita, que cuando va a templo a rezar, todos le dicen la virgencita, la de los labios de coral. 
luna cuando sale el sol. Así son las salteñas de mi alrededor, que alegres y bonitas todo el tiempo están. Las lindas salteñitas de Tepotitlán. shows were great fun, and on the same show, remember Ed Gardner? Oh, do he, I remember Archie? He played oh, Archie. Oh, he was so funny. He, he had a great show and a very popular program. Uh -huh. uh, Duffy's Tavern was Duffy's the name of the Tavern. show. Duffy's Tavern. I did quite a few of those. Did you? Yes. Well, you did like a sketch it. with Ed Gardner that day, oh, so and funny. it's strange because, now, you, as I said, you don't have an accent now. No. You probably didn't have an accent then. No. But on this show, you have a definite accent. I, I think he wanted that. Uh, it probably was did. special that he wanted. Uh, anyway, it's a comedy sketch between you and Ed Gardner, and then Jinx Falkenberg uh, introduces uh, a song, uh -huh. and you sing Tico Tico. Oh, yes. That's, that's the one that um, was Brazilian in Portuguese. Hello, Archie. Hasta la vista. <laughs> uh, look, uh, Lena, leave us not shilly-dally. <laughs> I'd uh, like to take you out into the garden. Uh, I want them daisies to get a gander. I want them to get a gander at your kissing. I do not understand. What is it you wish to do in the garden? <laughs> Lena, leave us not be obvious. Besame <laughs> mucho. Ah, señor knows how to speak the Spanish. Tell me, you use the pure Castilian? I beg your pardon? You use the pure Castilian? Just now. Oh, Duffy's wouldn't use any other soap. Duffy's Tavern, you mean to say you never met Duffy? No, senor. Is he a South American? Well, no, Duffy's more of an American South. <laughs> Look, Lena, there's uh, quite a few people uh, hanging around here now. Uh, couldn't we get to some uh, romantic spot, you know, where we could be alone? Alone, senor? You mean a little private table at the Mocambo, maybe? Well, uh, I was thinking more of a little balcony at the Paramount. Oh, that would be so much nicer, senor. But at the Mocambo, I could get acquainted with some American costumes. What do you think you're going to do at the Paramount? Look at the picture. <laughs> you would teach me English? That, too. 
Senor Archie, but I have already an English teacher. He is a college professor, and I keep him with me always. Oh, uh, you do, a college professor. A guy with a lot of them BAs and MAs and DTs. And... <laughs> yes, would you like to meet him? <laughs> Why not? Bring the bum out. <clears throat> oh, professor, there is someone here who would like very much to meet you. This is ridiculous. Finnegan, you're a moron. How can you be a professor and a moron at the same time? I don't take any lunch hour. <laughs> he is very smart, no? He is very dumb, yes. <laughs> Look, Wayne, this guy ain't no professor. Uh, well, I'm smart enough to be a professor. Smart Finnegan, you are the only man I have ever met whose head is bald on the inside. <laughs> Look, how much have you been charging this girl for lessons? Oh, well, that depends, Dot. Depends on what? On what's in her pocketbook when she leaves the room. Did you hear that, Lena? The guy's a kleptochondriac. <laughs> oh, that is nothing to worry. All my big bills I keep here in my stocking. In your stocking, huh? Uh, you know something, Marge? Tomorrow I start looking for higher wages. <laughs> what? <laughs> Lena, where did you get hold of this guy anyway? Well, it was, um... Oh, let me see now. Well, I know. It was in the balcony at the Paramount. The balcony at the Paramount? Yeah. And what was it you said to me that night, Senor Finnegan? Such a darling dear, you are beautiful. Come into the garden, I want the roaches to see you. <laughs> you know, this all kind of makes me want to do something very Latin American. Uh, what do you mean, Notch? I'm going to the next room, Finnegan, and kick you south of the border. <laughs> missing from this equatorial jamboree is that hit from Walt Disney's Saludos Amigos called Tico Tico. Lena, how about stepping up with that number, huh? I'd be very glad to, Jinx, because it happens to be one of my favorites, too. Tico, 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 tuck this tico, tico. He's the cuckoo in my clock. And when he says cuckoo, he knows it's time to woo. It's tico time for all the lovers in the block. I've got a heavy day to say that say that eight. So speak, oh, tico, tell me, is it getting late? If I'm on time, cuckoo. But if I'm late, woo, woo. The one my heart has gone to may not want to wait. For every birdie and a birdie who goes nowhere. He knows of every lover's lane and how to go there. For in affairs of the heart, my Tico's terribly smart. He tells me gently, sentimentally at the start. Oh, oh, I hear my little Tico Tico calling. Because the time is right and shades of night are falling. I love that not so cuckoo cuckoo in the clock. Tico 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 Tico. Tico, 
tico tata, otra vez aquí, o tico tico está comiendo mi ocupa. Si o tico tico tenta que se alimentar, que va a comer, no mi noco no pomar. Eh, eh, o tico tico tata, otra vez aquí, o tico tico está comiendo mi ocupa. Yo sé que él ven, bebín no mi quintal, él ven comar el de canario de patas. Más por favor, tire ese picho dosileiro, porque se acaba comiendo ocupa inteiro. Tire ese tico de la décima do mi ocupa, ten tanta puta que le puede pinicar. Yo ya pis todo para ver si se conseguía. Bota el piste para ver si le comía. Bota un gato, me espantó y un mal capao. Tico, 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 tico. I love that nut so cuckoo, cuckoo. In the clock. Tico, 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 This is Jinx Falkenberg, fellows, winding up this mail call with a short but sweet adios to our neighbors south of the border. Our Latin American allies came across with men, munitions, and sea bases when we needed them most. And right now they're in there fighting with us side by side, both here and overseas. Allies marching along today to a tomorrow that will bring a lasting peace to the Americas and to the world. it follows the end of another mail call letter. Signatures include Jinx Falkenberg, Ed Archie Gardner, Lino Romay, Carlos Ramirez, Miguelito Valdez, Essel Smith, Charlie Cantor, and yours truly, Don Wilson, reminding you to stash your cash in GI bonds. This program was arranged with the cooperation of the Hollywood Victory Committee. Another mail call will be coming your way the next time you hear... This is the Armed Forces Radio Service. This is Sir Isaac Newton with a word about driving your vehicle. Back in the 17th century, I discovered the laws of motion. But it seems that some of you are having trouble believing what I discovered when it comes to your POV. Now I know what you're saying. What does Sir Isaac Newton know about cars? Well, it's not what I know about cars. It's what I know about the objects inside those cars when they crash. You see, it's very simple. If your car is traveling at 88 kilometers per hour, you are too. If your car crashes into a brick wall or tree, there is a moment when you and your passengers are still going 88 kilometers per hour. Then you'll stop too. Unfortunately, it's usually the dashboard or windshield that stops you. What I'm trying to say is that a safety belt can reduce the force of your body flying at 88 kilometers. But you have to be wearing it. If you don't, you may have to answer to the law. The law of motion, that is. This is Frank Brzee, continuing with the golden days of radio with our special guest, Lena Romai. Uh, Lena, uh, it's, it's great fun to look back on the old days and... Uh, between radio and uh, motion pictures, which do you think was the most fun? Which did you have the most fun with? I absolutely love radio. And you can be anything you want on radio. You can be 100 years old or you can be 20. Uh -huh. And if your voice is good and you keep it modulated, you can be anyone you want, anything you want. I think radio is a great medium. Well, you know, Lorene Tuttle was still playing on Oh, I know. When she, and she was, was 60, 80 or no, 70, wasn't she? Sure. Before she died. Yeah. But I think radio was wonderful. 
And I love being in the motion pictures. I love the musicals I did. They were terrific fun. Well, in those days, particularly at a studio like Metro Goldwyn yep. Mayer, they put uh, a lot into it. There was a lot of yep. camaraderie there. Yes, and it uh, was. And they did uh, excellent productions and films that uh, that you don't you don't see those kind of motion pictures you anymore. You just don't. Uh, n- it, it, I, I'm I'm so disenchanted, you know, with motion pictures anymore. Well, you know, now they try to make everything so real, and I believe you go and to the movies to be entertained. And there are a few that are really good. There are a few f- films that have come out that are really, basically, awfully good. But it's almost reaching, you know. They're reaching. There are not that many, I don't know. Of all the orchestras, now, you mentioned the orchestra leader that uh, was Bing's orchestra leader. John Scott Trotter. John Scott Trotter, that you worked with. You liked him? Oh, very much, and he was... He was such a gentle, nice man, uh-huh. and he worked with you. He didn't uh, against you. You know, he he would listen to what you liked, and he would help you. He was just terrific. I liked him very much. And I also, do you remember Buzz Adlam? Yes, I do. Oh, that was a nice. He man. was at ABC on the West Coast. Wonderful I think, man, wasn't yes. He? And had a big orchestra for. And a long the time. man from Paramount. Uh, Ray Heindorf. Ray Heindorf. Yes. Oh, I liked Ray Heindorf. I sure. liked him too. You know, we talked about. Um, uh, the Armed Forces Radio Service shows and played a clip from uh, Mail Call. There was another great show called Command Performance. Oh, my goodness, I Command remember. Command Performance uh, went on the air. In, Every uh, Thursday I did that. March. Every single Thursday. Did you? Yeah. I well, did a lot of them. That was the most famous of all Armed Forces Radio yes. Service shows, I think, because mm-hmm. it was uh, it was for the servicemen. It was only yeah. broadcast around the world on Armed Forces Radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, they took uh, the letters that came in from, uh, from servicemen all over the world and went through them and picked out the guests they asked for. Now, I'll tell you what I did. Huh. In 1953, I was asked to do some of the Armed Forces Radio shows overseas to the boys overseas, and they would write in and ask to sing certain songs. Well, I started out every Thursday from 1 to 5, and I would pick the songs that I would get through the letters. And some of them were asking me to sing them in Spanish. So half the time I was writing lyrics to the American songs to just please the boys wanted to hear it in Spanish. Right. It became a very exciting program for me. I loved it. And I had just gotten married. And when I walked in, they played the wedding song when I first started the program. Uh-huh. Then six months later, I got pregnant, and they walked in again, and they played Brahms' lullaby. <laughs> so it was cute. But I spent one year doing nothing but one to five every Thursday, recording these songs, and it was terrific. I sang every song that was ever written, I think. Now, is it easy to take a popular song, a hit song, uh, and rewrite the English lyrics into Spanish lyrics? Not all the time. They've got to fit in the measure, they have to make sense? It's not always easy, but you can get around it, you know. But you, you did that I with most it. of the songs they yeah. asked for. And there were, of course, a lot of Latin tunes that were popular that were English and Spanish mm-hmm. at the time. But I get wonderful letters from these boys. Well, I'm sure you do. Well, we started talking about the first orchestra you were ever with, and that was Xavier Cugat. Mm-hmm. And we're going to close our show with a command performance excerpt. It features Rosalind Russell, who introduces... Uh, Xavier Cugat, and uh, you sing this song with him from a command performance show in 1943. And now it's Cugat time. Xavier Cugat, the man in the band who's cornered the rumba market in the whole USA. Here's the story. 
The flicker business recently turned out a thing called Stage Door Canteen with enough stars to lift any mortgage and give little Nell lifetime security. Enough bands to man a victory parade down Broadway and enough glamour to pin up on every wall in the South Pacific. One of the brightest interludes of Stage Door Canteen was Xavier Cougat and the orchestra backing up a gorgeous, curvaceous bit of femininity known as Lena Romai. Here again, we apologize for radio. Brother, it just ain't visual. But take my word for it, Lena Romai is your type of gal. It's Xavier Cougat with Lena Romai doing the bombshell from Brooklyn. Xavier Cougat and his orchestra, and our special in-person guest, Miss Lena Romai. Lena, I want to thank you for joining me on the Golden Days of Radio today, and it's been fun to reminisce about uh, all of the people you worked with, Crosby and uh, Sinatra mm. and uh, Ed Gardner and Jinx Falkenberg and uh, and John Scott Trotter and uh, and everyone. Good yeah. memories. They Good, were, they wonderful great memories. memories. Oh, I loved it. And you have so many of them. I had a wonderful you must career. You still get lots and lots of mail. Do you get a lot of uh, requests? I cannot believe pictures? the fan mail I get. Ah. And from Germany, and from France, and f from all over. 
It's just very exciting. I, I don't get that many. I maybe get three or four a week. But that's a lot for someone who hasn't been working, you know. <laughs> I think that's pretty good. Well, it costs a fortune just to send out the pictures. Absolutely. And the pictures are so great. I don't know where these kids get these pictures. They're oh, all pictures of publicity shots of myself, you know. Well, I've, I have so. a friend who's an old film star. And uh, people send in photographs of her oh, yeah asking for the autograph As to sign asking it. for the, and she if she likes the picture she keeps it and sends them oh something my. else back. oh my no no i always send it back i'm sure you do well i want to thank you for joining me on the golden days of radio and invite you to come back again because there is so much material that you mm -hmm. did that we can play you've got me starting to dig into the brain <laughs> the things i used to do i'm beginning to remember that i'd forgotten <laughs> but this has been a lot of fun frank thank, thank you, you very much for joining me thank, thank you, you lena romai this copyrighted edition of the Golden Days of Radio and a tribute to our in-person guest, Lena Romine. To vote in the next election, follow these four steps. First, contact your unit voting assistance officer for information about the voting process and to pick up your federal postcard application. Next, complete and mail the application following the guidelines for your state. The voting assistance officer has those guidelines. Third, Brush up on the issues and the candidates. Talk to friends, read newspapers and magazines, and listen for information on AFRTS. Make sure you're voting for what you believe. And fourth, when you receive your absentee ballot, complete it, get it notarized if required, and mail it. That way, you've exercised one of your basic rights as a U.S. citizen, one of the very rights you serve to defend. This is Frank Brzee inviting you to join me next week for more from Radio's Golden Days.